0: Welcome to another episode of Monday Funday Podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed Al-Qadri, and if you could speak Arabic, Ahmed Al-Qadri. Uh, man, I, I'm trying to record as much uh, as many episodes, so uh, this is going to be a solo episode uh, just to catch up with where my life is going right now. I am constantly going on the, uh, on the go, but I love you guys, and I've gotten some messages from y'all to keep this uh, podcast consistent. And that's what I'm doing I'm trying my best to keep it going uh, shout out to us uh, uh, Sadia and uh, and Sarah uh, who've been listening to every single episode and message me like hey I've been binging I can't wait for the next episode and Yasmin, so shout out to her so it really means a lot uh, uh, to me um, because when I started this podcast I was like I don't know if anyone's gonna listen am I some other random straight douchey guy, a straight man with a douchebag that's like, I need everyone to know my opinions. But here we are. Um, I just landed from LA Uh, to the people who came to my Chicago and Des Moines show. Thank you so, so much. Um, You know, doing the road is tough, um, you know, because there's always so many like complications when you're doing, uh, when you're trying to push for ticket sales and all that stuff. But, you know, we tr- we out here. We're trying. I went to uh Des Moines, Iowa. It was my first time in Des Moines. I didn't think I have any fans there because guess what? There are no brown people in Des Moines. I, I driving in there. I I googled the population of Des Moines. It's two hundred twenty thousand people in Des Moines, Iowa. I mean that was in twenty twenty. That's what Siri told me. Who knows what's the population now? Maybe they have a better uh. Yeah, yeah. Let's see the census right now. Let's see. We're chanting on the ones and twos, looking it up. What's it? What's
1: it now? I can barely see. Uh, one point seven percent white. <laughs> Eleven point two percent African-American point zero three percent native Indian and Alaska native alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got Seventy seven percent a- Asians. Okay, there is actually a
0: lot of Asians, uh, what I've learned. So the host is Filipino, and she learned recently that there's a big Filipino and uh, Vietnamese population in Iowa. Um, I didn't really know what I was... Uh, listen, like, I was doing Chicago, and I was like, hey, I have a Sunday open. What if I just drive to Des Moines? I Shout out to T. Hee's Comedy Club. It was their first time ever doing a Sunday show. So it was, you know, I... Not to brag, I sold 15 tickets, baby.
1: (laughs) They just opened, right?
0: They just opened. And this happens. Like, I've performed in, like, a club that would just open. And, you know, I'm a name, but I'm not the biggest name. And in this day and age, it really depends on, like, what city you're on. I mean, Chicago did great. We packed uh, the Friday show, not really. But, like, we halfway sold it. But uh, for the Saturday show, we packed it out. It was dope. It was a really good uh, show. Um, my favorite is, uh, when you have, uh, like, did it sort of happened (laughs) at Chicago where you have, uh, some religious people that would come to my show thinking like, oh, this is going to be nice, clean halal comedy. And then I do my stand up and they're at first they're like this, he's talking about drug dealing. (laughs) But then later on they're like, this is funny and they're enjoying it for the rest of the set. Um, uh, I, yeah, again, big shout out to the people that came out to Des Moines. I mean, I had two, maybe three people that knew me from TikTok or, or Instagram. Other than that, everyone just like, you know, just came through. They saw a Facebook ad that I posted about it or as an email that Tee he sent. And I got that thing that you do, uh, that you get a lot when um, when older senior, older white people come to your uh, come to your show Well, actually just older people in general. It was like a group of like two guys, two girls. I think it was like a senior couple days. They probably looked like they were in their 50s, maybe 60s. And then they just came out and gave me this. Like they got up, they enjoyed the show. They were laughing the whole show. And then they look at me from a distance They just did this. And then walked away. That's it. I'm probably never going to see them again. Did they enjoy it? Probably. Um, There's something beautiful about performing in front of 13, 15 people just and you're just giving it your all. I mean, 15 tickets sold, but it was only 10 people in the audience, and the rest were like sitting in the back. Um, but doing the road is, you know, it's it's fun. I think there will be a time where, you know, hopefully one day where everywhere I go, I sell out. That who knows? Or maybe it's never gonna happen. But in the end, it's like the fact that I'm I get to travel and perform in front of people who don't know me or just get to do what I love, and I'm not an accountant anymore, that's a fucking win. You know, we made some money over the weekend. I'm able to pay rent, pay some things off. That's cool. And then hopefully I got an ad deal coming through. Let's hope, I hope, really hope they, they accept it. I really hope so. Because if I do, I'm getting a new Sony camera so I could start uh, um, taping my shows. Because, like, I just dropped a clip today. It's a good cl- It's from that camera that... Uh, Mm -hmm. that I have. It's, it's good, but it's like my editor has to work with it, you know? And plus I got to like figure out how to like work this camera, that specific camera, because when, um, when I first filmed it, it was very red. Um, in Charlotte, when I, I I dropped the clip in, uh, from a set in Charlotte and it was very like really red light. And I got to figure out like ways to like fix that fucking camera.
1: I think this camera just shut off
0: just like that. Yeah. just, the Lumix? Yeah. <laughs> this fucking camera. Wait, you want to go check it out? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just In the meantime, we can still record and still work on this camera because this is the primary camera. Fortunately, this is a solo episode, so it doesn't really matter that much. She, <laughs> editor-in-chief can just punch it back in, in and out. Big shout-out to Anne uh, and Andy, uh, my homies, because um, Ann. Like, not only is the greatest editor in the world, but she invited me to her house to let me stay in her guest bedroom. And her pantry was just stacked, dude, just stacked with amazing snacks that, um, you know, that just balances out all the working out that gym daddy Ahmed does. But yeah, so that's, that's where I've been going after this. I have to, um, <laughs> Tuesday and Wednesday, I have to do a uh, bike tour gigs, So I have to go to the South Bay. We're doing a bike tour for some people and kayaking in South Bay area. Then we go back to the shop, uh, charge up the bikes, load up the bikes that are already charged. And then we head to uh, me and some other tour guides. We're going to Joshua Tree for this private gig. Um, And then, you know, just fucking be a tour guide in Joshua Tree. We're making some good money. And then just drive back Wednesday. I should be back Wednesday by 3. Then I have some comedy shows that night. I'm oh I'll be hosting at the Hollywood improv. So if you show up I could get your name in. What what night? Uh Wednesday night. Lab work? Yeah. Oh cool. <laughs> it's okay. Rita doesn't listen this as far. This is how uh-huh. Rita is. So sometimes when I'm hosting uh for Hollywood improv, Rita's like she goes, "Don't pull the names. I will know. I will know." But the thing is <laughs> yeah because she caught yes because she was like, "Why are there brown? all of a sudden three brown comics came up?" <laughs> So if it's just like, if it's just me pulling like a couple names, one or two
1: that aren't brown, I think she wouldn't like, she wouldn't find out <laughs> who knows, who knows, but I got to sneak a couple vague white dudes in there.
0: Yeah. Oh, I definitely will. I'll be like Channing, <laughs> Abadaka and Mike Ishak. Oh, <laughs> what what happened here? <laughs> right. Um, speaking of which, I'll be headlining Hollywood improv May 30th. Come through. I got to set up an ad for that. Um, I just started getting into Facebook ads. Those are pretty good. Pretty useful. You get some like you get like a sum a, a good amount of clips for how much money that you put in. So it's cool. I mean, for the money I made at THees, it kind of it was more than how much I spent on the ad. So I ended up going coming out in the green. Not that much, but I came out in the green. Sold some merch too, so that That's was cool. great. Yeah, dude, selling merch helps so much. Speaking of which, buy merch at AhmedLovesBread.com. Oh, dude, selling merch is, yeah. like, so useful. But after these tour, after, like, um, bike tour gigs, and then I have some shows at on Wednesday night, Thursday I fly out to Dubai. So I'm going there Dubai Comedy Festival for a week. I'm super stoked. So by the time this episode comes out, I will be in Dubai. Um, or coming back from Dubai, who knows. Um, I'm super stoked for that spot. But um, so funny, uh, Ryan is going to be there And Ryan texted me, he was like, hey man Is it going to be safe? Are we going to be okay In Dubai? I was like, yeah, we're fine Like They even nicknamed Dubai uh, uh, The Vegas of the Middle East I mean, they got some Oh yeah, keep pulling up the screen I mean, might as well have one of the cameras facing the screen Right? Or, nah, it doesn't really fucking matter Or you can just tell me to stop <laughs> No, nah, it's fine Did that camera stop, by the way, or is it working again? It's working now Oh, so maybe it just turned off because it wasn't recording, right? Maybe. Did you hit record? Yeah. Oh, Wait, okay. the first time? Yeah. No, I thought you did. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, okay. okay, no, that works. No, yeah, usually it stays on when it's recording. That, that makes sense. Well, problem solved. Clerical. Uh, they said, uh, the producers of the comedy festival, they said they're going to take us. Oh, yeah, they said they're going to take us out to the desert safari, and we're going to be riding Jeeps in the desert stuff. So that's cool. Yeah, we're gonna be doing that. I'm excited. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, I looked up. Um, I'm gonna do meet and greets, greet meets and greets over there for all my Arabian fans or the Yemeni fans. So I found a Yemeni restaurant called. Oh, Mark, this guy named Mark told me about. it. He, it's called Zemzem Mendi. So hopefully try. It. Have you had Yemeni food?
1: No. Oh, it's good. What I got, is it?
0: Lamb. A lot of lamb. <laughs> but real okay. I'll take you to, uh, to House of Mendy. It's a um, it's an Anaheim. That one's it's a really good Yemeni restaurant. In fact, like back then, my favorite Yemeni restaurant was uh, Yemen Cafe in Brooklyn, but then I discovered House of Mendy. The rice is way better.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so, fire. I but, mean, what is it? A lot of lamb rice.
0: Yeah, so it's the way it's the the meat. It's nothing normal. It's the way they're cooking the meat. Um, so the chicken mendy or okay, so lamb mendy. They're basically, they're cooking it like underground. It's like slow cooked lamb.
1: I've seen that where you wrap it in foil and you bury it. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: maybe you've seen on my story, but like uh, it, it would have the rice. Sometimes they'll put raisins in it, raisins, almonds. It's really good. That sounds very white. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just white. All right. Uh, and then you put, uh, yeah, so you'd unwrap the alumina, uh, the aluminum foil. And the, you know, the smoke's coming out. And then you could just pull the bone Oof. and the meat just slides right off. Oof. You're a foodie, so I know you would appreciate I it. Like I like food. I cook. But every time I travel somewhere, you always tell me all these restaurants, you're like, oh, you're going to CDMX? Okay, you need to go here, here, and here. Oh, you're going to Chicago? You're here, <laughs> here right. and here. So. Um, I forgot about the CDMX Connect. Right, right. How, when was the last time you went? Two years ago. I've only been once. Oh, okay. I yeah. plan on going back, hopefully, this year. You want to come? Potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I If I end up going again, you you should come with me.
1: I I think it might be my, the greatest city in the world. It's so much fun. It's just the coolest. If you, if anybody listening to this has never been, or you're like one of those people that's afraid of Mexico, <laughs> which I don't know why a lot of people are. Yeah. I get Mexico it. Mexico City, I, I guess I get it because, you know, the news out here, but Mexico City is... It's oh beautiful. It's it, gorgeous. It's a little snippet of every single city on the planet.
0: Right, right. It is. Um, and also like... Oh, okay. And also like you... Um, a lot of people choose... Uh, they want to live there, but they can't because their body physically won't let them. A lot of expats. So they, would, they live in America and then they move to CDMX, but they can't because of super high elevation. Oh, so they have trouble breathing yeah. or they get sick a lot over there. So they end up moving back after like a year or two. Yeah, I think it's... Somewhere between eight and
1: 10,000 feet. Yeah. Forget.
0: Yeah, compared to, especially people who used to live in LA, and then they move there, they can't handle it.
1: There's an influx of people from the United States moving there, especially young people, and the locals are getting pissed.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And they're
1: they're starting uh, a whole, you know, move go back to where you're from movement.
0: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, like gringo. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, go back. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Fortunately, I have dark skin, so depending on what part, you could probably, if I spoke Spanish, you
1: could be like, oh, yeah, this dude's just Mexican, you know, just a really dark Mexican. There's so many different backgrounds there. Like, the first day that we got there, there was a guy who was Indian, and he was selling, um, like, little wooden elephants on the street. He walked up to us, and he was, like, selling trinkets. I was like, did we... Miss, like miss, <laughs> yeah, yeah did we go to, go to the wrong get. country <laughs> but you see it it's a it's a global city it's awesome oh
0: for sure they have a lot uh, dude i saw dude the most interesting guy i've ever met i think he was chinese maybe yeah i think he was chinese but he worked for samsung and he spoke you know cantonese mandarin english spanish perfect and french oh, perfectly wow. you know mm. uh yeah, you you get a lot of like different people from all over the world in CDMX. But yeah, I could see why they want you to leave. You know, because oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. And, and and also they're like uh, they're spiking up the rent. Yeah. It's kind of like all the Californians moving to Texas. You know, I
1: love living in the Valley. It's- I was just having this conversation the other day with I, I met a I saw an old friend at a concert, and they're like, "Where do you live?" And I was like, "Still in the Valley." Yeah, I've it's never great. lived anywhere else since I've been in L.A.
0: Yeah, yeah. How long have you been in L.A.
1: 2000 Late 2011, you might as well say 2012. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. what is that, 11 years now?
0: Uh, oh, sick, you've been here for a minute. Okay, I moved here, yeah, August August of 2018, well, September of 2018, in fact, but um, I, yeah, I moved, I lived in North, I was on Lancashire, Magnolia area, and then, you know, Sherman Oaks, and now I just stayed in Sherman Oaks, I live with my, my new roommate, Rob, <laughs> I went from a Colin to a Ryan to a Rob, I got Listen, stick to white roommates, okay, guys. If you can't beat them, join them. Amen. Um, and also, like me and Rob, like I rarely see him. Well, then again, I'm always out of town, and then he's
1: just doing his own thing. He's always out and about. Mm-hmm. Is uh, it? Is he a comic? Rob Paglise. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Gonna, I didn't. I wasn't sure if I wanted to drop his name. I don't.
0: Uh, yeah. Really I well. plan on. I plan on having him on the pod once I come back. But I there was a period. I just wanted only female guests for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I'm bringing you Beth the men, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know Rob very well. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I plan on, like, uh, once I get back from Dubai, I plan on just doing, like, my own... St- well, I'm not going to collab with anybody. I'm just going to do sketches just by myself where I play multiple characters and then, like, then start collabing with other people. Um, right now, I'm just focusing on just dropping as much stand-up clips as I can. Dude... Okay, and Chicago was wild. Um, uh, Because, like, I... Uh, Thursday night, and I'm going to talk about... I'm going to post about it soon. But on Thursday night, I was at the comedy bar. And there was this fucking guy up front just heckling every single comedy. He heckled my opener, Ryan Opton. He heckled... Um, well, he was doing a guest spot for that show. And then he was he heckled the feature who was up there. um, And the host. And he was heckling every single one. And then... um. I was like, fuck it. Like, let me try. Let me get up. And I I get to, before I start getting to my next joke. Um, One of my one of my biggest pet peeves, my biggest fucking pet peeves is when I am about to say a joke and I know that punchline hits, I know it hits. It works every time. And then and then the heckler yells or just steps on the punchline It really, really bothers me. So when I I do this one joke and I know it's about to get a laugh, it doesn't because he pulls out, he just gets the phone, he goes, yeah, what's up? Yeah, how's it going, man? Oh, nothing. And then I'm like, are you on your, and then finally, because I I didn't give him him any attention, finally I give him some attention. He's just some older dude from Chicago. Um, His wife was being such a sweetheart, was laughing at everyone's jokes, was just being like the best audience member. I'm not giving him attention. He th- basically he f- he's forcing me to give him attention, and I'm like, "Are you on your phone, dude? Get off!" And he's like, "Yeah, it's comedians. Comedian, it's a comedian. He could have been listening to you." And I was just like, "What are you doing?" And he and, and he was just like, "Oh no, it's just you know, just on my phone, you know." And I was like, "You can't do that. Are you going to go back and talk?" He goes, "Nope." And I was like, "So you're just going to be heckling the whole show?" "Yep." "What did I do to you?" "Nothing." "This is th- I'm going to talk. I have a clip about it." And I was just like. So you're just going to be an asshole. He was like, yep. Well, you know, you have to change my attitude. You have to change my attitude. I'm just like, I'm like, it just, it's just annoying. You know what I mean? It's just moments like that where you're like, <sighs> okay. So then like, I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to just give me some time. I'm going to make you laugh. And then honestly, after that, you're going to give me a hug. I'm going to kiss your forehead. You know, I'm just trying to like kill him with kindness. And he's like, okay, let's see it. And I was like, okay, by the way, do you like heckling? Because it's a way for you to get attention without having any talent. He goes, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like even when you roast him, he goes, yeah, yeah. You know, like he just, it was just so frustrating. But then I'm, I'm starting to do my set. I'm having a good set because I'm talented, but I'm having a good set. I'm making him laugh. And then finally, like, I he I see him laughing. I just stop for a moment. I go, come here. And I kiss his forehead and everyone's, like, cheering and stuff. Because while I'm having the back and forth, not just him making it tense with me. The whole, it, dude, you ruined the mood. But yeah. Everyone was just, like, so quiet. Like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? It's so annoying. It's as if, like, I don't know what's the best way to put It's as if you, like, farted. And left the room. Or you just farted and you just stayed in that fart. It was, like, it was just so fucking frustrating. Well, it's
1: like, it's like when somebody breaks a glass in a room. Yeah. And, like, now everybody has to deal with the glass shattering. And then they're like, well, who's going to clean it up? Right. You know what I mean? And
0: everyone's just staring at you to, like,
1: to clean it up. You and didn't just... break the fucking glass. But the <laughs> entire crowd is looking at you like, you got to break out the dustpan. Off yeah, door. exactly. So
0: I, I, I fucking, you know, I handled it. I literally had to... Because of him, I had to turn that crowd the whole crowd around. Now, was I hap- was I proud of myself for it? Yes, Did I want to do it? No, okay. I'd rather after like sh- when I did the Saturday Night Show in Chicago, it was a full room of people that wanted to see me. I was like, ah, yes, <laughs> this is what I like. This is what I like to do. Um, and then after the show, um, I'm selling merch. And you know, uh, for the people who came like who came to see me from that show, you know, I'm talking to them. And then that same guy, you know, he's just like, look, at, he couldn't even look me in the eye, bro. And he's just like, that was really funny. congrat like that was really funny, great job. And then he like hugs me. He couldn't even like, he couldn't even look me in the eye. And then his wife's like, "You were so funny, dimples.
1: You were so funny. <laughs> You're oh, amazing. God. Let me take a picture with you, dimples. People are so privileged and condescending towards comics. Oh dude. There's that attitude of like like sitting back in your chair, folding your arms and being like, Make me laugh. Right. I right. dare you. Right, right. It, no other art form has that. You don't go to a music show and be like, This better be good. <laughs> I better no, you sit back and you enjoy the songs, whether they're great, good or bad. You just fucking
0: ex- you just enjoy your take it moment. in how you do it. He's, it's just one of those moments like stand-up is a respected art form, but at the same time, the most disrespected art form. Because on one hand, it's like, you know, everyone needs to be quiet. You or preferably low ceiling, kind of dim lights. It's kind of like a secret room. And it's like kind of this respected art form because everyone's quiet and you got to listen. But it's disrespected because you have guys like him thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, I could fucking do this.
1: Well, yeah, everybody yeah, wants to be the funny guy. So heckling is a form of posturing. That's kind of all it is. It's just a peacock move.
0: Yeah. It's like what I said, it's a way for him to get attention without having any talent. And I'm not even like a crowd work comedian, but now I'm because of the internet, I'm forced to be a crowd work comedian and I never wanted to become a crowd work comedian. I'm not even one, but it's not that I hate it, but I'd rather like tell jokes and like, I want to perform, you know, I have some jokes that are crowd interactive and that's fine, you know, but I'm, Trying my best to like not, like not you know give the person so much attention because it's like these people paid money not to hear about like not to hear about what this fucking guy does for a living or whatever. But it's fine. Like I'm seeing on the internet, like I, I've been watching a lot of like uh, Michael Blau's scenes and Matt Rife's their crowd work videos. I mean they they do a good job at it, and plus like you know they're not. It's not like the basic crowd work. They're getting, they're pulling some really interesting things out of these people. And I was like, okay, well maybe, you know, that's something I should learn from watching their videos. But, um, okay. So that's the Thursday night. I had this fucking old asshole just being a dick all the whole time. And I'm going to post about it, bro. Friday night. Okay. I had a, it was like halfway full, at uh, the red room and <laughs> there was this guy named Rami who is my opener Yazid like, brought him. He, like, knew him from somewhere. And this dude sounded, was so, he came to the show so fucking high. So every joke I had, he was like, uh, yeah, that's great. You do it from the other way around. Or, like, I had a joke about having a Tesla, uh, uh, sorry, having a Toyota. It goes, and being from, I have a joke about buying a Prius and coming out to my family that I'm a Toyota owner. It's really dumb and and then he was just like uh he's like "man i wish Dallas had our gas p- we had Dallas gas prices" <laughs> that's what? <laughs> yeah i know and everyone's like what the fuck and i was like i know where he, what his process is and like i i have so many fucking clips of this guy like i'm i on the plane right here i was just like time stamping like all the moments like he like interrupted i mean ended up working like you know obviously i'm making it part of the show and everyone's laughing and stuff and being present but it's still annoying cuz it's like I want to work this hour <laughs> you know and I and I like I'm doing these smaller venues where it's like hey we have another show right after this so it's like you you know what I mean but it's fine um Saturday was dope and then you know so out of like the four shows I did one was like amazing it's like exactly what I wanted but then like it's moments like this where I got to like just you know I'm I'm being in the moment, and, and I have to be grateful for... Even though how annoying the hecklers are, it's like you just got to learn to just... You know, this is... They're... Uh, what's the best way to say it? I think, like, God or the universe or whatever you believe in, it's like I feel like there's a, there's a reason why they're there. You know, it's to make me a better comedian. It's, like, to make me, like, more comfortable dealing with the fucking crowd and dealing with, like, certain moments, but... Yeah, I completely agree with you, Channing, about like that peacock move mm-hmm. that hecklers do. What's your like dude, I have so many like heckling stories that also like I I've I've know I was talking about this with uh, Mike Eshak and Nick Simmons. See, Mike Eshak and Nick Simmons are like jacked dudes and they look like very like don't fuck with me type of dudes. Yeah. So with Mike, he goes, Sometimes I'll have like younger, like I'd would, would have men heckling me because it's like I'm making their girl laugh and they're intimidated. Well, for me, it's like it's like I have like people who just like I have a very you know nice personality. I I have dimples. <laughs> just I I joke about this. It's like the fact that I have dimples. It's like I'm not threatening. I can't. It's like oh no, he looks innocent, but it's like he looks like the type of guy I could fuck with, you know? But but then again, it's like I guess no matter what you're going to get hecklers from
1: yeah i mean it's going to happen either way i think people who try and prepare for it like that's weird you should be oh yeah preparing your comedy Mm -hmm. instead of preparing for a heckler if you're good at dealing with it that's great Like I can be, I'm decent at it because I'm five foot six. I grew up tiny. I had to have a quick tongue. Oh yeah. So like chirping back at people like a Chihuahua would was like (laughs) a necessary element to who I was growing up. Correct. Yeah. I'm decent at it, but sometimes it's just out of your control.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. And it's like, I would rather work on my hour because it's like, you know, I, I, I know I have something to say. It's not like a, it's not even like, I don't think I'm, I don't think it's coming out of arrogance standpoint. It's just coming out of performance standpoint. I'm just like, dude, like. All these other people came to see a show unless it's like, I don't know, unless I like I call to someone and most people don't want to be called out. That's why a lot of people avoid the front of the crowd. You know, Mm -hmm. if anything, if I, if they don't, if they don't invite it, I don't do anything. The only time I do, I'd like point at the person and then like say something like uplifting or, or or I'm the butt of the joke, like a Conan O'Brien type of situation. Like, uh, like for example, like there was like these three, different brown like there was three different brown guys that were like sitting up front and uh, i mean i was just like you guys look like me from different universes you know or just something like where i'm the butt of the joke just be present set the tone of the room and then just let's get to the jokes um but then like just someone yelling out and you're like throws off your tempo (laughs) yeah like imagine imagine like you're on a balance beam Right. A heckler is basically just like throwing something at you and you're like, man, like I can handle this. I'll catch it. It's just a (laughs) nice
1: clear day. And they're just a big old gust of wind. Correct. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're a jangly set of keys walking into a quiet room. (sighs) That's a really good metaphor. I I, I took that from uh, Nate Craig, actually. I was at, you know, Nate Craig. I think I know him. He opens for Bill Burr. Uh, I was at a show at Arbar years ago and this drunk lady stumbled in. (laughs) He's on stage in the middle of a bit, and this drunk lady stumbles in in front of the stage, slowly stumbling her way, and he just kept calling her a jangly set of keys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that probably got to her. Drunk women are the worst hecklers. Like, guys, guys, they will, like, eventually stop sometimes. Mm -hmm. It depends. Sometimes you gotta, like, fuck, unless they're too drunk. You're like, "You you need to get the fuck out of here unless you're gonna start a fight. Um... Uh like like that dude who star when uh was it Johnny Mitchell was on stage. Oh, Did man. you see that oh, video? Yeah. But then Johnny Mitchell does talk a lot of shit. So which is you know knowing me, I'd do anything I'm like I don't know, to just diffuse the situation. I'm like, just sit down, bro. Nothing's everything's okay. But um but uh, was I wasn't gonna say drunk women are usually the worst because it's like they feel like it's like they're very entitled to this. And it's like this is about me now. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I on one time like in New York the same thing like these two girls they were just drunk heckling every single comedian and I got up and I said that one line that I said earlier. That's like one if I've only said it a couple times but I was like, "Do you like heckling because it's a way for you to get attention without having any talent?" And everyone's like,
1: "Ooh."
0: And she just stopped and she was just like, "That's not fair." "That's not fair." No, that is not fair. I was like, "Yes it is. Yes it is." And she's like, "I'm leaving." I was like, "Please leave." She gets up and leave, and then her husband that was sitting next to her, he was an Iraqi dude. So he was, like, excited to see me when yeah. I got on stage. And, like, and she was like, are you, she was like, come with me. And he was like, no. <laughs> and she was like, ah, and she bawling, just crying. I was like, yeah, that's right, you fucking asshole. Everybody wants kung fu, right? <laughs> just a little, yeah. But um, my next, I'm excited for Dubai. I'm, I'm super stoked. Hope I don't, I mean, I'm just judging it based on how my Istanbul shows went. Um, Istanbul was fun and like, and, and what's cool. It's like, they're down to talk. And if you open up the conversation, but I think now, because there's so many crowd work clips now, do you think there's a difference between audience participation and heckling?
1: I think it's a fine line. I actually was talking about this with somebody the other day. It, the crowd work clips might be encouraging people to think that they're participating when really they're just heckling. Like, not every comic is out there looking to get some crowd work clip. Right. You know? That makes but, sense. And and we, were, we had just been entering an era where people, you know, with the recent comedy boom, where people were starting to understand that they are not part of the show. They're a small part of the show in the giant sea of people in the audience, but they are not to be heard from. People were starting to kind of understand that, and then... Crowdwork clips, crowdwork cool. clips, baby.
0: Crowdwork clips is like, I mean, it's it's in the beginning. I was first like, you, yeah, 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 yo, like, crowdwork. <laughs> so I was being a little, a little, uh, what was it, sour puss about it. <laughs> but but now I'm like, I mean, I get it. Like, even when I'm doing crowd, like, or when I'm like, you know, I'm getting involved with the audience, people like tend to laugh even more because it's like, oh, it's in the moment. He's thinking this on the spot right. and all that fun stuff. I get it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I, do, I think it's gonna slowly die out, you know, and maybe who knows because we do live in this day and age where everyone wants attention and everyone wants to be part of something, um, because of TikTok and all that fun stuff. But, um, you never know. Uh, God. But I mean, people, are, because of podcasting, people are understanding, like, I mean, heckling is one thing, but it's also like, uh, uh, the whole, um, like getting canceled, you can't really get canceled for jokes anymore. I mean, people will get butt hurt, but for the most part, like, I don't think you can get canceled for jokes, can you?
1: No, I'm thinking. Who was the last person to get canceled for a joke?
0: I think it was Kevin Hart, but after that, because they tried to cancel. Oh, the tweet? Yeah, it was just a tweet. And that was like the last moment of everyone's like, this is fucking stupid. Like, he could have been. Hosting the Oscars and he could have done a great job, yeah. but because some old tweets in 2008 that he already apologized for, that's that was like the only thing. But after that, like there were people who were, who tried to cancel Trevor Noah over jokes, of years ago, in like 2001 or 2000, like early 2000s yeah. of his stuff, and like and like Trevor Noah, I think he said it best. Like, gosh, that guy's smart, but he was like, he was like, just remember, like. He was like, uh, as comedians, he's like, we're, we're not pushing the envelope of anything. He was like, we're not, he was like, we're just commenting on what's going on in society. And he was like, what I said is I'm commenting on it and everyone's laughing. No one's ever getting mad at the people laughing. They're only getting mad at the person who said it to entertain. Yeah. And he was like, if, if I were to say it and no one laughed then I would never have said it again. Like, that's what a lot of people don't understand with like comics, like, you know, like, if I say, a, I, I posted a joke today, and I was like, if anyone gets a,
1: fan, I don't think, I
0: hope not. But like I forget it fun.
1: was, famous comic. It might have been, like, um, Paul Mooney or somebody said, you know, regardless of how you feel about the joke, all jokes come from the same place. Oh, that was Patrice
0: O'Neal. Patrice. Patrice okay. O'Neal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they come from the same place. Good and bad jokes come from the same part of
1: the brain. Yeah. Which is so true. Um,
0: but I think because of podcasting, everyone's, like, learning, like, the, the BTS my favorites were, like, yeah, you just have people who are just comedy fans, you know? That's my favorite. Like, after a show or, like, or you meet someone in like, lunch or dinner and then they're just like, oh, yeah, you're a comedian? And they just start start bringing up, like, comics that, like, no one else knows, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Unless you're a fit comedy fan and, like, it's like, oh, you know Mark Norman? You're like, holy shit. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because Mark Norman, to me, and you were
1: like, oh, he's, like, fucking one of the biggest comics right now. Yeah, he's great.
0: Yeah, he's killing it.
1: Yeah, more and more comics are becoming household names, and that's great.
0: Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Well, yeah, there's so many theater acts now. Yeah. Meanwhile, my dumbass with 15 tickets (laughs) (laughs) in Des Moines. (laughs) Get ready, Des Moines. Next year, baby, just wait, all right. Just just wait for that Arab population to just boom a little bit, maybe. I mean, I saw y'all's gas stations are slacking, so who knows? Or maybe the Asians over there. Actually, it was funny, it was, uh, it was 15 tickets sold, all white, only one, uh, it was only one black girl in the audience, and she wasn't even from Des Moines, she was just, vi- she just flew in from Texas, from Houston, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then the only other, like, colored people, it was like uh, a Filipino comedian who was hosting, and then a black feature, it was like,
1: other than that, it was
0: like, the, uh, other than that, I was like, this is the most diverse Des Moines has ever been in years. Yeah, and crazy, all one family. <laughs> and there you have it this is a very short episode but I'm trying to get this episode in I've been super busy but hopefully like I know June I should have some like more chill time in LA but like from the end of June up until like fuck to like mid-August I'm gonna be back barely in LA I'm just gonna be out doing road stuff but I'm excited like I'm gonna be uh, I'm going to be in, uh, Tacoma, Washington, June 15th. I'm super stoked about that. And then after I'll be in Irvine, California for Irvine improv, then I'll be flying out to, uh, electric forest festival. <laughs> and then right after doing a Ray festival, I'll be doing, uh, a, a like Islamic event. I'm a, It's like some fundraiser. I think I'm not sure after that, I'm going to be, um, Oh no, it's like an Eid celebration. I don't know, but they're paying me, so that's cool. Uh, after that, I'll be going to New York and then Philly. After Philly, I'll be going to Austin and New- uh, Austin and then Dallas. After Dallas, uh, I'll be back in L.A. After that, I will be um, I will be in um, uh, doing my European tour. So we already got uh, Copenhagen locked in for August fourteenth and Amsterdam August twentieth. Uh, so if you are listening to this and you're in either of those european cities definitely buy a ticket before we sell out because i know we will sell out and uh we will also be in london we're working on the dates for london Uh, oh sorry Uh, august 13th is copenhagen uh they it was august 14th they fucked up so it's august 13th now and then august uh sometime in august we'll be doing london maybe paris Maybe Paris, and then hopefully Berlin. We'll see. I mean, I got like one or two messages of people asking me to come to Berlin, but who knows. Uh, if you guys haven't, I know I already spoke about merch, but if you ever want to support just a little bit, buy a T-shirt or a hoodie at Ahmedlovesbread.com or just come to a comedy show. Um, uh, Check me out. It would be great. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to try my best to, like, keep this podcast as consistent as possible, especially with all the ro- all the traveling that I'm going to do. So I'm probably like stack up. There's probably going to be a day chanting where I-, I might be here. Like just racking up like three episodes in one day or some shit like that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Indeed. And then hopefully that Sony ad comes through. If I get that money, first thing I'm doing, I'm texting you Channing. I'm like, all right, what camera should I get? All right. <laughs> We're going to sk- hold hands and skip over to Best Buy. I can't fucking wait. Um, Thank you guys so much. Oh, oh, wait, wait. I got to end it on uh, a piece of advice. Okay, Um, I was stressing out about ticket sales um, because that's just how the game goes Uh, because sometimes it's just the the odds are stacked against you. I didn't sell a lot the Friday show because it was Cinco de Mayo in Chicago, and when it starts warming up in the Midwest, it's going to be hard to sell tickets, and I was really down about myself. But then my friend uh, Daniel Weingarten, shout out to him. We were on the phone, and he was just like, Listen, you're not the only one. A lot of people doing the road deal with this situation. This is just happening. But just know, just remember uh, to be kind to yourself. Remember that you are are out and about in, in a different city doing what you love, performing in front of people that saw you on social media. And that's fucking cool. So he told me, just remember to be kind to yourself. And that's my piece of advice for the week. Thank you so much and happy Monday.